What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Happy Friday, everybody. What's up? Uh, you know what? We got a little drama last night. We had the Broncos just with this nice leisurely drive. They're down by 10 in the fourth quarter. They don't care. They're just going to run the ball and, you know, saunter over to the line of scrimmage. Just nice little scrimmage that they had last night. It's ridiculous. Like a little urgency, please. But they made it a three-point game and couldn't get off the field because Dearness Johnson is incredible. We welcome you to the Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Starts and sits for the NFC home game. Six more games to break down today, plus reviewing last night's game. Jamie, not a bad, not a bad game, I guess. It was like, you know, look predictably low scoring. But, hey, it's 2021 and we get nothing but drama on primetime. Yeah, great, great job by Dearness Johnson. Uh, I, I whiffed on that one, so, uh, you know, Wish, uh, wish they could take that one back. Um, he was, he was fantastic, and um, you know, it's, it's fun to see. You know, it'll be fun to see what happens when Nick Chubb is back and what their role is until Kareem Hunt returns. How much they'll continue to lean on on Dearness Johnson. Um, but if Nick Nick Chubb is out, you got to feel pretty good about having a, a starting running back. And it was good to see uh, them take advantage of the matchup. Uh, Case Keenum didn't, you know, throw up all over himself, so he played well. Uh, and it's unfortunately time to, you know. I think say goodbye to Odell Beckham as a fantasy receiver. It's just, uh, it's just, I don't think ever going to happen for him. Yeah, he played about sixty percent of the snaps. They said he was not healthy; that he really wanted to be out there with his teammates, so he gave it a go. We had yes, a lot great, of injuries great, last night too. Great for him, him as a NFL player. It's just, you know, as a fantasy receiver, I just don't know what you're going to get from him anymore. You know, healthy, not healthy. Uh, it's just, he, he might just be taking up a roster spot for you. Yeah, I guess if he's healthy and Jarvis Landry isn't, people might have a hard time uh, dropping Beckham, but but maybe not. And but Landry played. Yeah, but Landry got hurt. He left late in the game. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he left. Uh, I think on the last drive of the game. I thought they said it was minor, though. Okay, I didn't see an update on that. But uh, Dave, maybe we'll get one today. Dave, we also had a lot of people. You know, you know who the most started running back in this game was. Want to guess? Javante Williams. Yes, it was Javante Williams. Fi- Oh, and no, 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 I'm wrong. End. I'm wrong. Uh, no, who was? No, it was Dearness Johnson. Okay. So it was yeah, John- he was at 69% start, right? I have Javante at 59 and Dearness at 65. Oh, I thought I thought 69 for Johnson. Jamie, get Johnson your, get played your head 69% out of, the of the snaps. 
All right, guys, come on. Maybe that's what you saw. Grow up. Uh, no, he did. <laughs> it know, was really sixty-nine percent. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so dive back into that in a second. Just want to preview what's coming up. The uh, the replacement running backs. We're going to assess them this week, of course. Some of them yesterday, uh, but well, some of them we talked about yesterday. But we'll go through all of them today. So that's Daryl Williams and. Collins and Booker and Hubbard and Patterson, perhaps, and Herbert and maybe Devontae Freeman, Eli Mitchell, guys you picked up off waivers at some point this year. What can we expect from them? Beat the waiver wire. Only two teams on by next week. Not the same kind of beat the waiver wire. And uh, the six games starting with Chicago and Tampa Bay in just a bit. So the injuries in this game, Jarvis Landry left. Beckham left, then he returned. Donovan Peoples-Jones was hurt in pregame warmups. Cleveland also yeah. lost cornerback Denzel Ward to an injury. And Baker Mayfield has a fractured shoulder. So he he's seems more optimistic about his status than, than most people. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that. But he kept saying he was going to play this week. And then it was like, no. Von Miller left with an ankle injury. And, and those are your injuries. So, Dave. The Von injury, I think, is is considered relatively minor and with 10 days to go till their next game. He should be fine. He, he said his pride was hurt more than his ankle. After all the bleep he talked, he said. Yeah. All right. Javante Williams, you know, if you're on Twitter during a Broncos game, it doesn't take much. It takes a seven-yard run for basically for Javante Williams for people to start going, oh, give him the ball more. But he did. They both scored. I mean, again, they, it was even split. Like, do you think that Javante Williams... Yeah, okay. Like, do you think... you? explain that Javante Williams is any closer to taking over this backfield? No. I, I like the fact that he, first of all, it, it, this was the first game where there wasn't that much of a split. Melvin played 59% of the snaps, which was a little alarming. But in the fourth quarter, it was 11 of 18 snaps for Javante. Javante played 20 snaps in the game. 11 came in the fourth quarter. That tells me that they wanted to get him on the field late. They thought that he was the best running back that fit them when they were chasing points. So I, I'm encouraged by that. And he, he didn't have that big breakaway run. That was the thing that we kind of really relied on him for the past couple of games. He didn't have that in this game. Thank goodness for the touchdown catch for, for both him and for Melvin Gordon. In time, I think the Broncos are going to realize that Javante Williams should be closer to 59% of the snaps than 41% of the snaps, and Melvin should be closer to 41% than 59%, but they're both going to play as long as they're healthy. So it's going to be a frustration, uh, a frustrating exercise for fantasy managers every single week, but Javante Williams still somebody who I think, especially when there's buys, qualifies as a low-end number two running back, and until there's really a good separation, Melvin's going to be really close to him. They're tethered together, and they'll keep each other from being top 15 running backs. The most encouraging thing I think from that game last night was Mike Boone was healthy and they made him a healthy scratch. So it didn't make it even worse because there was some talk about him playing also, which would have been just a terrible, terrible situation if you're getting three guys on the field. By the way, we did have a, in the chat here on YouTube, we had a team name Tuesday on a Friday. It's from Dari. Javante, suck your blood. Very, uh, very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, very good. I, I love it. Uh, and by the, the way, team Jamie, not going to work Christmas time. You, <laughs> you were right uh, about Dearness Johnson's star percentage. So I, I recorded his star percentage about a half hour before the game, and it was sixty five percent. By game time, it was up to sixty nine percent. So people setting their lineups, I guess, kind of late. 
Um, but just wanted to clear that up. Dave, what did you want to say about Dearness Johnson? So 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown, plus two catches for 22 yards. Tremendous performance. What did you think? I think that, I mean, first of all, like I had him, I, I wrote him as a start in my column, but I even I feel the same way Jamie does. Like clearly had him way too low in my rankings. I had the Broncos running backs ahead of him. I feel dumb about it. But he not only did he look better than he had previously, the offensive line for Cleveland just mauled Denver's defense. Denver was playing with backup linebackers. You could tell their, their D-line was gassed by the fourth quarter, and they didn't look particularly good on the very first drive. I yeah. mean, Johnson's first run was 20 yards. He looked pretty good. So it's a, it's a fresh reminder to everybody. Thursday night, short week, always better for the running backs than it is for the defenses that they play, especially better for them when the offensive line is mostly healthy and the linebackers and defense that they're playing against, especially when they're on the road, is aren't healthy. So I, I think it was just a really good mix for everything to go right for Dearness Johnson and uh, fantasy managers, if Chubb is out next week, can feel pretty good about trying him again. I think uh, two things. One, probably Antonio Gibson is going to be the start of the week next week if he's healthy, uh, <laughs> if he gets Denver. Um, but two, <laughs> beat the waiver wire now and get Jared Patterson in case Gibson's out because that's who faces the Broncos next week. Yeah, and the Browns play the Steelers at home. The Steelers are going to come off a bye so they'll be resting ready to go. I still think that there's a good opportunity for Johnson to be okay next week. Actually, if he's by himself, he's a starter. There's no way about it. You wonder though if he's not by himself if he can get eight to ten carries or something like that. And oh, he he will for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. They're, they're they're not going to give everything to Nick Chubb. They'll give a lot of it, but they won't give everything, especially not at 100. Uh, percent All right, let me just finish with this game here. Do you have general concerns about either offense going forward with their quarterback situations? Just obviously in Cleveland. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, no is that going to is that going to affect Nick Chubb? You know, or do you think he'll be immune there to? Could come a game where it affects the run game. Yeah, I, I I think the thing for Chubb is you have to hope that he's just more involved in the passing game. You know, so if he's getting you know maybe three to five catches a week, then he'll be fine. He's just too good. And this offense, look, it it sounds like you know Conklin's close. So with Conklin and Will's back, Will's back last night was huge. Um, and so Predator. you know, I I think as long as the offensive line's intact. And you have, you know, the receivers healthy to at least threaten the defense. You know, they may not be great fantasy assets, but they're still going to be good players and, and scare defense to whatever extent. So Chubb will be fine. You know, he may not return top five value, but I think he'll still return top 10, top 12 value. And Johnson will be, you know, a good complimentary option. You know, when everybody's off a of bye, he's probably still in the flex conversation until Kareem Hunt is back because, like you said, eight to 10 touches in this offense is probably still very good. But for the Broncos, I think you got to be a little concerned because Teddy's looked bad the last two weeks. And, you know, you're just seeing how teams are defending them at this point. You know, if, if you take away the big play to Sutton, uh, the air yards are great to talk about. But if they're not connecting, it's not going to help you if he's not finding the end zone. And they were just sitting on Noah Fant's routes. Uh, Tim Patrick picked the worst time to have a bad game because Jerry Judy's now back in week eight, according to reports. So it becomes more crowded offense on, on a team that has, you know, some quarterback issues. And, and you saw, you know, a lot of people clamoring for Drew Locke to be in the game last night because Teddy just didn't look right. Yep. Sutton had 68 yards. It was his fourth best game yardage-wise this year. So four games with under 70 yards for Sutton. And now here comes Jerry Judy back into the mix. It's, it's a big question mark now about that passing game in Denver. Okay, we'll talk about it more on HQ.
noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, but Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. CBS Sports HQ, watch it on the CBS Sports app on your Apple TV, on your Roku, whatever it is, on your smart TV. 10 a.m. they get started on CBS Sports HQ. Meanwhile, that's on Sundays. Uh, if you want an edge while setting your DFS lineup, check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. That's Frank Stamfel, Mike McClure, and Sian Ajad. They got cash and GPP analysis. Episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep diving into pricing and matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. So I don't know that... Uh, just, just real quick. I, I, yeah. So Mary, Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the Browns for uh, the uh, Cleveland.com, I guess it is. Um, she said, Stefanski said when about Jarvis Landry that who hobbled off late after landing Aquaman's knee is okay. So for what that's All right, that's good. That's why I saw it. Good. So we'll get him next week. He's cl- he's a clutch receiver. He's just he's never a bad option as a number three or flex receiver. I'll tell you how he, he's a smart player too because he knew he dropped that ball <laughs> and he was <laughs> hurrying the, everybody to get back. Down. He's like, yeah. let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. Drop the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about the replacement running backs this week. And they're going to have a tough act to follow. Dearness Johnson is is probably going to be the best one. But your level of confidence in the group, right? So Daryl Williams against Tennessee. I guess we can turn this into a quasi-startometer here. But I'll go down the list. This is actually based on Dave's rankings. But Daryl Williams against Tennessee. You guys supremely confident must start in, him, in Williams? Yes. yes. He's in must there, yes. Uh, Chuba Hubbard at the Giants? Yes. Yes. Must start. Anyone else that you feel is a must start? No, I, I'm including Eli Mitchell, by the way. Based on the track record from last night, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we looking for? Are we looking for 15 PPR points or 10 non-PPR points? Oh, that would be nice. I think Devontae Booker and Alex Collins have a shot, assuming Collins plays. Okay, Collins against the, the Saints are like seriously good run defense, though. I know Pitts, Pittsburgh was Collins supposed to be good in the past game, though. He got a hundred yards. He will, but you know, also DJ Dallas and and yeah, Moore, we got to start right. thinking about DJ Dallas and Travis Homer at this point because if Collins doesn't practice again on Friday, I know they still have Saturday to go. But if if Rashad yeah. Penny's not active and Collins misses practice through Saturday, you know, you might want to be picking up DJ Dallas or Travis Homer now, depending on what your you know your league you're in, because if those are the sure. two guys, while they may not be great, uh, opportunity is going to be there for them. Will, will we get 12 PPR fantasy points from Collins or Booker? No. I think you'll easily get it from Booker. Really? Yeah. Okay. What did I you- don't think Carolina's defense is, their run defense is amazing. They lost Shaq Thompson. And so since then, they've allowed like almost six yards per carry. And yes, they've taken on great running backs. But I think, I think Booker's worth starting this week. If okay. Shepard is out for the Giants, that could just be an absolute, and Ingram. I mean, just an absolute disaster. Both guys downgraded on Thursday. So if you don't have Tony, you don't have Galladay, you know, you're talking about maybe Darius Slayton playing, but if Shepard's out and and that's the defense that they're facing, yeah, I guess 12 PPR points is not that hard to to He had almost for, 11 last week right. for if the work, but I mean if that's if that's you're telling me what the 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 potential is, I would try to avoid him. You talking about Booker? Yeah, I mean, I don't want a guy that's getting 10 PPR points. That's not good. You know what's interesting? Thank about- you. We had a no, whole debate it, about this when you weren't not- around on it's not good, but it's if you get ten from your flex, it's really not that bad, right? I mean, it's you could. I mean, under the circumstances of what this week is, it's not bad, right? But I, like, I started Tim Patrick in a flex last night, so yeah, right, that's bad, right? I don't want to be searching for ten, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, I, or what did you for ten? What did you make of 
I'm guessing nothing, and I didn't make much of it either, but thinking about it, I mean, the Giants got blown out last week, and they kept their starters in for the entire game, basically. Well, of course, because but, he's a high school coach. But not Devontae Booker. <laughs> so that— Yeah, because— I get that. You, no, I'm saying that maybe maybe he's not just the every down back. It, I don't know that it meant anything, but it was they left Shepard out there. They left Daniel Jones out there. They did not leave Devontae Booker out there. Um, it could be position. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Because, you know, heaven forbid he gets hurt. They're already down Saquon. They know they've got nothing behind. It's Gary Brightwell and Elijah Penny. Right, but well, he's more valuable than Daniel definitely Jones. Definitely no run game if they don't have Devontae Booker. I can't believe Booker's that important, but here we are. All right, so we got Jared Patterson, potentially. Gibson did practice yesterday, so I'm, we're ranking him. Mike, see, he was upgraded to limited. Who, Gibson? Yeah. Yeah, I said he did oh, practice. He did practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Khalil Herbert at Tampa Bay with right now no Damian Williams. Devontae Freeman against the Bengals with Murray missing practice so far. And then Eli Mitchell, I, I, maybe we didn't really consider him a replacement running back because it's been since, you know, week one. But I put him in this list. You know, is, is would Mitchell be better than Herbert and Freeman or no? For me, yes. Not for me. Um, Not Freeman and PPR, no. Nah. It's a tough week right now because we don't know if Murray's going to play. We don't know if Gibson's going to play. We don't know if Damian yeah. Williams is going to play. Well, I mean, we'll know in a few hours. Most Probably. likely, yeah. All right, so let's just let's just yeah, talk. get ready for the. Uh, hey, Adam, what do you think about Devonte Freeman? Oh, hold on, just got the practice report. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about movies or something for the next three hours until the practice reports come out? We'll just make this. <laughs> a... We might as well. All right, we'll fine. At two o'clock for the for the mailbag show. <laughs> so it seems like Daryl Williams and Chuba Hubbard are supremely confident starts. Collins and Booker are on the fence, and then after that, you know. I think that Heath is going to like Khalil Herbert in PPR if there's no Damian Williams. My guess is more than you guys. Let me check the rankings. I, I don't mind Herbert. He's he was I put him ahead of everybody that played on Thursday, so that's not going to look good. But he he's still, if there's no Damian Williams, he's going to get a ton of work for the Bears. Is he, though? Because, you know... I don't think the Bears the are going to completely abandon their run game. I think they fancy their run game as, as a solid part If they of can offense. stay in the game early, Herbert's going to be fine. If they get blown out early, then it's going to be bad for Khalil Herbert. So it's right. just how you how you sort of approach the game. I don't think Herbert's going to have a great game. I would take the under on the 10 PPR points uh, if he doesn't score. If he scores, they'll be fine, but they don't give up a lot of rushing touchdowns. So that's the problem. Okay, let's do our news and notes here. Alex Collins, mispractice, uh, as mentioned. Josh Jacobs had an interesting quote about his offensive line. They're coming off a pretty decent run game against the Broncos. He said the offensive line is finally is getting more cohesive now, starting to gel a little bit. And he also said, I tell them, not about his offensive line, I think he meant his coaching staff, I tell them, I don't want this to be a one-man show. My body don't want this to be a one-man show. You feel me? So I tell them, incorporate Kenyon Drake just to, uh, just to see him have success and have him kind of coming into his role on this team has been huge. That's Josh Jacobs talking about Kenyon Drake. Um, That's wild. Usually you don't hear players yeah. talking about that. Usually players want the ball all the time, especially running backs. Yeah, this is a good story about the run game on ESPN. Dallas Goddard off the reserve COVID list, but he did not practice. So hopefully he gets out there today. We're ranking him as of now. There have been some inquiries about Marlon Mack. According to Josina Anderson, four teams that are among the teams who have inquired are the Chiefs, the 
Panthers, 49ers, and Saints. Jerry Judy expected to play next week, as Jamie mentioned. Are we worried about Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey missing this game? Not as of now. And just with the, the Marlon Mack thing, think about two of the teams that were referenced there, right? The Chiefs and the Panthers. How long are the starting running backs going to be out if they're looking at Marlon Mack? Uh, Damian Williams still on reserve COVID list. Taysom Hill missed practice. Traquan Smith could be back this week. They got the Monday night game. T.Y. Hilton missed practice. He's 50-50. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram both on the injury report. Now, Shepard was limited with a hamstring injury. Ingram missed practice. I don't know. Darius Slayton? Oh, darn. No, Slayton would be... It would be good for Slayton if Ingram didn't play. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, right. Pick him up. Desperation. Mm-hmm. Deeper leagues, yeah. 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 A.J. Brown missed practice, but I think we expect him to play as long as he didn't need any fast food this week. Julio Jones practiced. So you, are nice. you guys ranking Julio Jones? Not yet. Not yet. limited. Right. Let's see what happens on Friday. My guess is that he'll be limited on Friday, and then he'll be uh, listed as questionable. And we'll, we'll take it to Sunday. Uh, okay. Antonio Brown still missing practice. There's got to be some concern there, right? And Rob Gronkowski, too? Uh, Gronk is probably out. I would be surprised if he plays, but you know, it's a pain tolerance thing. Um, Brown will find out today, you know, and that's a clearly a great sign for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because you know that they would benefit in, in a big way. And then you probably look at Scotty Miller if you're, if you're desperate for a receiver, if Brown's Tyler out. Johnson? Well, how about OJ Howard? If Gronk and Brown are out, it's got to be yeah. there are some tight end yeah. desperate fantasy managers out there. Yes, he would qualify. Yep. Howard had 10 targets the last two weeks, so they're starting to work him up. He's playing more than Cameron Brait, too. We talked about the Miami-Atlanta game yesterday, but both of the cornerbacks have been limited in practice for Miami. They're starting corners. If they play, does that dampen your enthusiasm on Matt Ryan? Are you going to move him down? No. No. Okay. It's, it, it, it's weird. It dampens my enthusiasm a tad, but I'm not going to move him down because the quarterbacks who are behind him are guys that I just can't see being that much better than Matt Ryan. Latavius mispracticed, and Antonio Gibson did practice. That was a good sign. All right, it's time for Beat the you Waiver mentioned, You wire. mentioned McLaurin. McLaurin didn't practice. I didn't mention that. Or no, I'm sorry. He was he was limited. I think he didn't practice on Wednesday. He was upgraded to limited on Thursday. Yeah. I will play. He's He'll trending cool. properly. Okay, now it's time for Beat the Waiver Wire. A lot of DST, a lot of DSTs out there. So you don't necessarily have to beat the waiver wire. I mean, there are like a lot of good ones, good options that are going to be available. Then it's not a huge priority, I guess. But you do have the Bengals at the Jets next week. Chiefs hosting the Giants on a Monday night. Um, if anyone drops Buffalo on their bye, you can always pay attention to that. If anyone dropped Tyler Bass, honestly, and this again, I'm not saying that you should roster two kickers, but hey, if you've got some <laughs> scrub cool. and you don't need, maybe you'd roster two kickers for a day. My my son has an undefeated fantasy team, and he insisted on keeping Tyler Bass on his bench and not going. I was like, it's a kicker, Ryan. Who cares? No, Dad, I'm keeping Tyler Bass. He's been awesome. So my son's doing it. You can do it too if you're. If you're all about that bass. <laughs> uh, so that it's really about, I, I mean, for beat the waiver, well, I don't know if you guys have any options that you love, but I was thinking maybe are there some running backs? That Shout could, out if you thought about Tommy Tremble just now, by the way, to everybody listening. All about that bass, no tremble? Yeah. I feel that. So okay. like, James says that Marlon Mack, that. come on, Marlon Mack is a must roster player. Um, any running backs um, that you could see 
coming into some more work. You know, the names that I thought of were yeah. maybe Savan Ahmed, Wayne Gallman, Jamichael Hasty, uh, Marlon Mack was on my list. Who, who else? What do you think, Dave? I think that Ahmed makes sense because Gaskin's been terrible. And uh, I think they know what they've got in Malcolm Brown. They should they know what they have in Savan Ahmed too, but I wonder if he starts to get more work. I, I don't think that Gallman is necessarily worth adding, but I do wonder if he starts to take some work away from Mike Davis. I wonder if Cordero starts to take some work away from Mike Davis because he's just been so inefficient. I'm a little nervous about Mike Davis this week, even though it's a great matchup against Miami. Hasty is worth stashing in deeper leagues. Penny, obviously, if if there's an p- opportunity for him to play with Collins being out and if he's ready to go, he's probably at the top of this list. Mac is the one that I just, I don't know if I feel that good about. I know he could get traded. I don't think he gets traded and finds himself in a feature role anywhere. Uh, the one for me that's still available in the threshold we talk about is Ramondre Stevenson because he's playing right now. And oh, yeah, that's a great one. He's at 59%. Percentage, Jamie? 59? What is it? 59%. Okay, I didn't hear you. I was too busy blabbering over you. <laughs> uh, yeah, if um, there's so many, I mean, there are so many DSTs that I think are, are worth. It's not also, you know, if we're, if we're talking Marlon Mack, it might not be a bad idea if you have a roster spot to to put one of the Texans running backs on your list too, because if those guys get traded, it's still a possibility before November second. So Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, I can't imagine that they're not trying to make calls to see if somebody would give them a, a, a sixth, a conditional pick. Something you know, just to you know, alleviate the 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 the, the clutter of, of what those guys have been and get some value in return because they don't have any long term value to that team. Maybe Lindsey does, but that's about it. Okay, and uh, I think T. Y. Hilton is an interesting wide receiver. He has Tennessee, the Jets, and the Jaguars beginning in Week Eight. So he let he had eighty yards, I think, right? Four catches for eighty yards last mm-hmm. week in his only game. So Tennessee next week, then the Jets, then the Jaguars. Uh, Hilton's about 50% rostered, something like that. And Jamison Crowder. Yeah, Jamie, though, um, it's kind of your thing. Do you have any kicker streamers out there for the Justin Tucker managers for week eight? Oh, let me look. <laughs> no. All right, let's go to the start beater here, and then we'll get into the uh, starts and sits for all six games. But these are the last three games we're going to talk about. If you don't have all the time in the world, you can't make it to the end of the podcast, we'll give you the, the cliff notes on these three games. Greg Joseph. Greg, there you go. You fulfilled your duty. Start a meter for the Lions and the Rams. DeAndre Swift, 0 to 10. 10, 10 in PPR, PPR 9 and All right, he's a start. Jamal Williams. Uh, 5 in PPR, 3 and none. Any Detroit wide receiver. St. Brown would be the best one. He would be a 6 in PPR. Everybody else, blah. Hawkinson. Eight. You're going to start him. I'm going to call him a seven. But there, there's things about him that made me nervous this week. I like that the targets were back up last week. Yeah. Okay, how about Goddard or Hawkinson? Goddard. Hawkinson. Oh, split. Split decision. Robert Woods against Detroit. Seven. Eight in PPR, six and nine. Should know everybody that no team has seen fewer pass attempts than the Lions. Not even the four teams who had a bye last week. That's okay. Stafford can throw four touchdowns on 25 pass attempts. He can. He's been great in blowout wins where he hasn't had to throw a lot. He's been the reason for He's been great at home, too. 
He's been great. He's been great. Sentence yeah. over. Tyler, yeah, it was less about Stafford. It was more about Robert Woods. You know, you might get like five targets, but um, Tyler Higby. Uh, Seven. Five in non-PPR, six in PPR. They uh, tried to get him in the end zone last week. Three did. targets inside of 12 yards. Just couldn't connect, couldn't let him roll into the end zone. I bet, I bet he's got a shot to score this week. Washington at Green Bay, Taylor Heineke. Uh, like a three. Um, zero. Antonio Gibson. Seven Eight. if he plays. And J.D. McKissick. Ten in PPR if there's no seven. Gibson. Uh, seven and none. Okay, and if what, what if Gibson he played? does play? Right. If Gibson does play, I'd call him a six in PPR and a four in non-PPR. Ricky Seals-Jones. I uh, go ahead, James. I'd say five in non PPR, six in PPR. I'll go a, two notches higher. I'll say a seven in non PPR and an eight in PPR. So you like him the same as Hawkinson? I do. I think they're ranked very close to each other. He's just playing all the time. He gets a lot of targets from Heineke, as ugly as they may be. Got to start tight ends like that. Okay. AJ Dillon against Washington. Four. Uh yeah, Jamie. I'll give you the Texans. Dave, you can get the Cardinals. Mark Ingram <laughs> at Arizona. Zero. You know he has had uh, like sixteen or more carries in four games. But okay, uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, nine. All right, Dave, you're up. James Conner against Houston. Seven. Let's any format. Let's just pause on Conner here because great setup for him. And Edmonds, by the way, has 10 combined carries in his last two games. It might be a health thing for him because, you know, he's been dealing with the shoulder injury. So Connor's getting even more work. He's getting about one to two catches each of his last four games, too. So that gives you a little bit more, a little bit. But uh, the replacement running backs versus James Connor. Dave, you can go first here. How many of how many replacement running backs, waiver wire running backs, would you start over Connor? I would start Daryl Williams over Connor. I would start Chuba Hubbard over Connor. That is the end of the list. Jamie agreed. Yeah, same. I uh, I started him over uh, Darren Johnson, which is going to look bad, but it's it's the perfect setup. I mean, they're eighteen and a half point favorites at home. You know, right. so if if there's an opportunity for garbage time and and touchdown potential, he's got it. All right, Chase Edmonds, Dave against Houston. He's going to be a notch below. Uh, he's going to be a six in PPR and like a five in non PPR because he's not getting the work. He's not getting crazy catches. He's not working at the red zone. It's a terrible game script for him. I don't feel very good about Chase Edmonds this week. An Arizona wide receiver not named DeAndre Hopkins against Houston. AJ Green is like a six. Kirk's a five. Rondale Moore is like a two and a half. Are we throwing Zach Ertz in there as well? That's my next one. Ertz. Or Ertz is a six. DeAndre Hopkins is a five billion. <laughs> okay. Five billion for DeAndre Hopkins. And let's go to the games. Chicago at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game. Ebor City, which is in downtown Tampa, is known as one of the most haunted places in the world, according to top10travellist.com. Ebor City. 
<laughs> I'm just loving. I love Halloween. What were we watching last night? Two nights ago, we were watching House of Wax. You ever see that with Paris Hilton? No. Wow, it's actually not. not as bad as I thought. As I remember, you I, watch it with the kids? No. Uh, and then what was last night? What the hell? Oh, the Omen. The original, The Omen. Good movie. Okay, so let's go to the game here. Are you are you dressing up your kids for Halloween? Obviously, you yeah. will with little Andrew, but Emma too. Emma's gonna be a Cabbage Patch Kid. And okay, which one? I don't know. And are you you're gonna let? Obviously, you'll let Andrew go trick or treating. Yeah, they'll go trick or treating. I'm devastated that it's on Sunday. I really would love to be part of it. Um, yeah, they'll go trick or treating and. Andrew, well, you'll get the candy at the end of the day. Andrew's going to be a superhero. We're so we're so ashamed. He's he wants to be Robin. Why are you ashamed? Because he's the worst superhero. He's the worst. He's not even a superhero. He's a sidekick. He doesn't have any you, powers. You haven't you haven't seen Teen Titans Go because Robin's. Yeah, exactly. He I've seen no, that. I never see that. Yeah, he's like featured in that. Uh, it's like the right. one show you guys bring up. And I, I told you, <laughs> my my son his his name is Ronan, so he. Uh, he went as Robin, we, but we said it was Super Ronin. Because that little R. Oh, super, that's good. He went as Robin. All right. Do you still have the costume? Can you send it? Can you send it? Yeah, over? you want it? Nah, we got one. My son's going as an egg delivery man. I don't. I. It sounds like such a unique costume. I'm so excited. He's like, Dad, can you give me two dozen eggs on Halloween and some toilet paper? <laughs> said, that's fine. I don't know what the toilet paper's for. That's a little strange, but sure. So uh, I'm impressed that my son, 17 years old, is going to go out on Halloween. He says he's donating all this candy. He even said, Dad, I'm probably not even going to bring any candy home. I said, that's great. That means no cavities. <laughs> that's a really good bit. I like that. Okay. Uh, Chicago's defense, they're 10th in points allowed. I think they're 8th in points per game, 12th in yards per play. Not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. What they've been great at is in the red zone. I think I mentioned this last week against the Packers. Third best red zone defense. So it might come down to that for the Buccaneers. How do they do when they get in the red zone? Um, we'll start, though, with the Bears. I'm not sure if they still lead the lead. I think they lead the league in sacks, Adam. Who? They might have a low pressure rate, but the Chicago Bears defense. Really? Because they do have the sixth lowest pressure rate, according to Pro Football Reference. I know. I heard you say that, which made me do a double take. I, I can look it up real quick. Last week, they were in the lead in sacks in the NFL. They might be top three. Real? Okay. I will look it up just for you. Thank you. So Justin Fields were sitting, and then Jamie, just sum up your thoughts on the Bears running backs here. And I think people have the Miles Gaskin game in their head, but it's actually five running backs have at least four catches. Four running backs have at least five catches against the Bucks. So there's that PPR possibility. What do you think? If he's involved in the passing game, he'll be fine, and you know more so than he was last week. You know, I know he had three targets, two catches, and that was good to see. Uh, if they're in the game early, then, you know, or I shouldn't say if they're in the game, you know, through the first half, they'll have an opportunity to get work. Like Dave said, I don't think they're changing their offense. Um, they are who they are. And so, you know, he'll get, he'll get probably in the neighborhood of, you know, 15 total touches, um, even in a bad game script. But if he doesn't score and he's not, you know, getting close to five catches, it's probably going to be a bad game for him. So that's the concern. The LA Rams came into this week with 18 sacks. The Vikings came into the this week, and they're not playing this week with 21 sacks. Tied for first with the Chicago Bears, 21 sacks. They lead the NFL. Lowest pressure rates this year, according to Pro Football Reference. Colts, Giants, Texans, Falcons, Patriots, Bears. It's so interesting. They're getting to the quarterback. And they yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a different number than what you're seeing. Yeah. 
I'm seeing a pressure rate where they're 12th in the league, which is still low compared to where you would expect a team that leads the NFL. You're sacks. looking on True Media? Yes. Yeah, I think I should probably use True Media. Just to get who's number one? Who's got the highest pressure rate on True? Well, they've got the Browns there, but they've played an extra game. Well, they also had the game against the Bears where they just annihilated. Yeah, they were, they were pressuring quite a bit in that game. Yeah, because pro, pro Football Reference has the Browns with the second highest, but that was before last night. It's not updated. And the Vikings, number one. Vikings. You know who's the lowest? Colts, Giants. Colts are second lowest. Giants are fourth lowest. Texas. The lowest. Dolphins. Do the Dirty Bird. The Falcons. Atlanta. Falcons. Lowest pressure rate in football. Great news for Tua Tungavailoa. All right. Sorry. Let's back on track here. So we've talked enough about Khalil Herbert. Any Bears wide receivers to start? You're not starting Robinson with any confidence. Mooney is a boom bust flex who is coming off a game where he scored a touchdown. So there could be some letdown potential. But we'll see. How does Cole Komet measure up among the tight end dung <laughs> I mean, if it's you're not, stuck, he's not awful. Just if you if you get what you got last week, it wasn't an insult to Colcomet. It's an insult to the position. They just, it's an insult to Dung. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's getting a little bit more involved in the passing game, and there have been some suggestions out of Chicago this week that they should start utilizing more tight ends. If there was ever a game to start using more tight ends, this would be it because of that big D line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nine targets in his last two games. That's good. So fields is finding him. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Tom Brady is top six. Any concerns about, you know, the, the bears, they're pretty solid against quarterbacks and maybe this is a lopsided win. I don't know. Jamie, any concerns about starting Brady? I mean, I guess if you drafted Brady and Stafford, you'd start Stafford about it. All yeah. Right. I would start Stafford. Me too. All right. Brady's uh, actually been great in two blowout wins. Those have been his best games. 39 points against Atlanta, 47 against the Dolphins. That's the thing. I mean, they blew out the Dolphins. He threw 41 times. They don't They don't just, like, take their foot off the gas. Leonard Fournette has become a must-start. Three or more catches in every game. Would you start Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbard, or Leonard Fournette? Fournette. Fournette. All right. Tampa Bay wide receivers. Jamie, the breakdown. Uh, Brown plays, I guess. Assuming he practices in full today, he's still my favorite. Uh, if he doesn't practice in full, then I probably would reconsider it a little bit just because how healthy is he. But right now it's Brown, Godwin, Evans, and PPR. Brown, Evans, Godwin, and non-PPR. Brown's your favorite, huh? Is he your favorite rest of season? For now. I mean, you know, you just look at what the body of work has been for him. He's he's had the, you know, the most production. So... It's hard to go away from what, what he's been. You know, I mean, the other guys have disappeared. Teams are trying to, whenever they're trying to take away somebody, they take away Evans. Right. So. right. Yeah, Dave, when, when you look at Evans and when he has struggled, and I'm sure everybody's going to start these guys because it's, you know, six teams on by. Um, he struggled against Trayvon Diggs. He struggled against Darius Slay. And he was solid, I think, seven for 75 against J.C. Jackson and the Patriots. Yeah. Do the Bears have that kind of player? They've got Jalen Johnson. He's their best outside corner. Uh, I can't say that he shadows anybody i haven't done the dig on that to see and even if he has i'm not sure the bears would say all right stick on evans they might have him stick on antonio brown the way that brown's been playing so it's tom brady's got the best trio of receivers in football and it's a pick your poison thing for for chicago's defense they've got to hope that their pressure rate goes up 
so they can keep up with the sacks. That's the only way they can stay competitive is to put pressure on Brady. Johnson's having an amazing season, by the way. He is. But I just, I don't know if he's shadowing anybody. Right. No, I, you're, I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't know. What you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Mike you Evans. Want me to take a look real quick, see what I can learn. Yeah, if you want. Mike Evans' star percentage will probably be way up there around the 90s. And Godwin, though, Godwin does not have 74 yards or fewer in five straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one game in his last five. Jamie with more than seven targets. So is Godwin still a must start? Yes. All right. Unless you're loaded at receiver. What if you're? What if you have a running? But what if you have Daryl Williams? Yeah, I go Williams. So if it's two receiver league and 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 a flex. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean you'll you get away from Godwin in, in half PPR and non PPR. I just at some point he's going to have his game. Right. And if Brown is banged up, you know, missing practice time matters to, to certain players. You know, and so uh, Brady's working on some things with Godwin maybe that he wouldn't normally work on if Brown is there. So. I'm just speculating, but that's how things go typically yeah. with teams. You don't want to. You no. just don't want to miss the 120 yard and touchdown game from Godwin. You know, right? So much upside. All so, right. Again, six teams on a bye. Like you said, everybody's going to start Evans. Everybody's start Godwin. So it's you got to have, like you said, a loaded roster, certain circumstances to be sitting him. And I don't think most people have that. OJ Howard. So there's only been two oh, games this year where Jalen Johnson has been has moved away from being just a right cornerback. It was against Cleveland in week three. He played outside cornerback and, you know, more to the right side than the left side. And then last week against Green Bay, he was outside on both spots about half the time. I don't know if that means he shadowed Devontae Adams. It definitely means he didn't go into the slot with him very much. He lined up in the slot five times. There's a chance that last week he did shadow. I just can't say it's 100% sure. And but for Adams, the most part, he's played one side of the field. Adams had four catches for 89 yards on five targets. So I wonder if that had anything to do with it. That's pretty interesting. Okay, uh, O.J. Howard is only 9% rostered. If Gronk is out, which is what we expect, where is Howard going to end up in your rankings? Just outside the top 12, but it would certainly be worth looking. More so if Brown is out, because I, I, I don't want to chase last week's numbers, but... It's it's not bad. I mean, the Bears have been good against tight ends, but it's not like they faced a lot of great ones. No, but 42 yards to Hawkinson, 45 yards to Waller. Both of them had eight targets. Waller had uh, some some missed production, though. Some big plays that just missed on. Uh, but Higby had a big game, and Austin Hooper scored. Okay. All right, Tampa it, Bay's DST. It looks like you did follow Beckham and Adams. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, so maybe you will follow Mike Evans this All week. All right. Maybe that's a DFS thing to know. New Orleans at Seattle. Trivia question. Who leads the Saints in receiving yards? Who Deontay leads Harris. the Saints in receiving yards? Jamie says Deontay Harris. I'll say Callaway. It is Deontay Harris. Ooh, so there you okay. go. Nice. And that leads us to our stat of the game. A wide receiver has scored 18 or more PPR fantasy points against Seattle in every game. That would be Pascal, Julio, Jefferson, Debo, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson. Four of them had 118 or more yards. Now, there's a lot of elite receivers there. But do you have any interest? It would probably be Callaway. Any interest in Callaway this week? I saw Dave dropped him in a league, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should pick him up. Marquez Callaway, what do you think, Dave? I think he's an option. Traquan Smith sounds like he's trending on coming back too. So that that would get him on the field and that would give Jameis another target. You can't feel good about starting any Saints wide receiver because they've been just so up and down. 
Um, Callaway is in that same range that I would put Darnell Mooney in, a boom-bust type of flex. I think the nice thing for Callaway is the last game they played, Jameis threw 30 times, which was a season high. You have Taysom Hill maybe not playing, so could be a few more attempts for Jameis as well. And Callaway, I know he had the 49-yard Hail Mary, but he had eight targets in that game. Yeah. And so that's the encouraging thing is that the 30 attempts and the eight targets. And so if there's an opportunity for him, given the matchup, if the attempts are up, so could be a good spot for Marcus Callaway. But it, like Dave said, it's hard to trust him. Um, and Traquan's interesting too. you know. So I think when you get to the showdown slate uh, for Monday night, both those guys are certainly in play if Traquan's active. But that's another beat the waiver wire guy. You know, if, if Michael Thomas is going to continue to be out and they're trusting Jameis more, Traquan Smith and Jameis had a pretty good connection in, in the preseason. I'm surprised uh, at where Jameis Winston is ranked this week. 12th for Jamie, 15th for Dave, 12th for Heath. And because, you know, how much of it does depend on Taysom Hill? When he's played, when he's been healthy, Jameis hasn't thrown more than 23 times in a game. And he was up to 30 in week five when Hill got hurt. Um, so maybe that's a big factor here. But, uh, Jamie, why did you put Jameis Winston 12th? Well, it's the quarterbacks on a bye. It's the matchup against Seattle. They're fourth in uh, passing yards allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So there's a great spot here for Jameis to not necessarily have to need volume to still be successful and have some of these big plays, uh, whether it's Harris, whether it's Smith, whether it's Callaway. Uh, but yeah, if Taysom Hill doesn't play, and that's how we usually approach it, if the guy's out uh, or has missed time, you know, we factor that in. But it's it's just a good spot for Jameis. You know? So hopefully coming off a of bye, they add some new wrinkles. It seems as if Sean Payne's getting more confidence in him. And so I think he could have some success. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really comparing him to um, Garoppolo and Bridgewater last night and Wentz and, and those guys, Darnold. Uh, and I just think he's ahead of them based on the opportunity he has against the team he's facing. Yeah, one difference here, Jamie has Winston ahead of Joe Burrow. Dave has Burrow well, well ahead of Winston. So that would be, you know, something maybe we'll debate on HQ or something. Uh, start Kamara. And we talked about the wide receivers, and I'm assuming no interest in a tight end for the Saints, right? The start only thing I can think of is that the Saints went into their bye week and they looked at the film and they said, Juwan Johnson's been okay. We haven't given him enough work. Let's give him more work. They could very easily say the same thing about Adam Troutman. Not that I'm starting either guy, but in a couple of my deeper leagues, I've stashed Jawan Johnson just in case he comes out playing more this week. And uh, one of our viewers says, Michael Thomas is a waste of a roster spot. No. Are you no. sure that's who he's talking about? I know he spelled it wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. Thomas is a waste of a roster spot. No, no. I mean, just be patient. Hopefully be back. And maybe there's a chance he's back next week, but if not, hopefully two weeks. On the other side what of the I was ball, worried about when we talked about drafting him yeah. was that we don't know when he's coming back and what kind of a receiver is he going to be with Jameis when he does come back. All right, on the other side of the ball, we're sitting Geno Smith. We've talked a lot about Alex Collins. Uh, you know, if Collins plays, he will be what in your rankings? Number two fantasy running back. Yeah, low end number two flex. And then Metcalf and Lockett. All right. Dave, how much confidence do you have in these guys? Geno Smith's air yards last week per pass attempt, he averaged, I think it was like 3.3 yards per attempt. That's what he averaged, his air yards per attempt, 3.3. So he's got, he was 8.8 when he came in against the Rams. Yeah. But that's got to be better. So what do you think about Metcalf and Lockett? 
the big difference is that he was playing against a Steelers team that was pressuring him like crazy, and he melted like a hot Halloween house of wax. <laughs> so I, I think that we could end up seeing Geno Smith do a little bit better this week against the Saints. New Orleans ranks poorly in pass rush pressure rate. They're ranked low in sacks. They're toward the bottom of the league in sacks. They are dead last in time to pressure the quarterback at 2.73 seconds. So I'm assuming that Geno Smith's going to have some time to throw in this game. And I think that really helps lock it a lot because Marshawn Lattimore seems like a perfect fit to match up against DK. We've seen Lattimore matching up lately. And uh, that means whoever is lining up against Lockett doesn't have the type of speed or game that's going to shut him down. And they were taking some shots to Lockett last week. They were trying. A couple of them got tipped at the line of scrimmage. A couple of them were off target. It is Geno Smith. It's still not great. But I've got enough confidence to start Lockett as a low-end number two receiver this week. Yeah, not me. Uh, I think you're going to see the the Saints defense get back to looking like what we thought the Saints defense would at the beginning of the season. Marcus Davenport was back to practice, so that'll help their pressure. Uh, Geno might get benched in this game. I mean, you know, you, you're hearing Cam Newton's name being floated out there. Uh, I, I, if he struggles again, he, I mean, he had five sacks in that game, and, and part of that was on him, you know, just holding the ball too long. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this game gets sideways for him and this defense becomes a problem for this offense. Uh, I, I don't want to trust either Seattle receiver, to be honest with you. Mm, and, you know, the Saints have held... Devontae Adams to 56 yards, Terry McLaurin 46 yards. You know, not to say DJ Moore had a big game against them, but obviously we know Lattimore is a good cornerback. So it's interesting. Yeah, Lockett could certainly make a play or two. And and again, we're six teams on a bye. It's hard to get away from guys like this. Like I'm stuck. I'm starting Lockett in the league, but I, I just don't feel any confidence in either one. Would you start James Conner over one of these guys? Yes. In full PPR? Not Metcalf in PPR, but over Lockett, yes. I got Lockett ahead of Conner. Full PPR. Okay. How about um, like Jamison Crowder or these guys? Oh, I'm taking these guys over Crowder. Uh, it's close with Lockin and PPR, but yeah, I'd still start them. And how about Jacoby Myers? I'm starting no. the Seahawks. Okay. Sit the Seattle tight ends and Saints DST is top seven. Start them up. Game of the week when we come back. What is it? You'll have to find out after this quick break on Fantasy Football Today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Carolina at the Giants, of course. Stat of the game. Uh, The Giants have the second lowest pressure rate in the NFL. And let me see what the Panthers are. They're top four, I think. They are fourth. Yes, they have the fourth highest pressure rate in the NFL. So this game could certainly be decided at the line of scrimmage. Stat of the game number two, 
Four running backs have scored 20 or more PPR fantasy points against the Giants. And additionally, Cordero Patterson scored 16. And Alvin Kamara only scored 12, but he rushed for 120 yards. Terrible run defense, and that's why these guys have faith in Chuba Hubbard. Jamie, Chuba Hubbard or DK Metcalf PPR? Uh, Hubbard. Dave? Let me see what I have ranked. I've got uh, I've got Metcalf ahead of Hubbard. Okay, but Hubbard is a is a start this week for sure. Any? How about Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson? All right, I know they've been struggling, but it's just this is such a good matchup. It seems so. Do you start them, Jamie, Darnold and Anderson? I don't mind Darnold if you're stuck at quarterback. You know, I think he's in that that Jameis. Um, Garoppolo, Wentz, uh, range, you know, I actually like Darnold better than Burrow. So I think there's a higher ceiling for him. Um, Robbie Anderson's a, you know, it's a, it's a dart throw. You got to hope that they connect for a touchdown, but the matchup's fantastic, you know, so he's, uh, he's got a chance that the targets stay up and the targets have been up for him since McCaffrey's gone down. So it's just, you know, hopefully they connect, but there's a stadium where they connected. Yeah. Do you know where, uh, Terrace Marshall is on the injury report? I'm trying to look it up as he's not practicing. He's not practicing. So that's going to save Robbie Anderson from losing playing time. Is is that because they they could very easily move to Marshall and put Robbie in a smaller role if they're unhappy with what they're getting out of Robbie. But if Marshall isn't playing, their hands are tied. Robbie will continue to play. He'll continue to get targets. But they talked this week. Matt Rule specifically said we need to get back to running the ball more. So I'm worried about what that means for Sam Darnold. Obviously, it's a great matchup for him because he won't get pressured as much. Right. Maybe he and, runs the ball more. And he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might end up happening. So, good matchup for Donald. I agree with Jamie. He's right in that range with Jameis. I'd rather start Jameis. And uh, Robbie is, I, you know what you do? If you're in a DFS tournament, build a lineup around Donald and Robbie and put DJ Moore in there too. Yeah. That's going to be a stack that'll be quiet this week. Not a lot of people try that. I mean, I can't sit here and tell you to start Tommy Tremble, but this is the Giants are so bad against tight ends. So he's in the dung category. He's below the dung, but he's gonna he's got a chance to be pretty good someday. Daniel Jones is, I think, 18th for both of you. Uh, it's just a bad setup for him. I mean, left tackle's out, receivers are hurt, and then you've got Devontae Booker. Would you rather start Devontae Booker or Robbie Anderson? Booker. Booker. Devontae Booker or Tyler Lockett? Lock it. Uh, Booker and non-PPR. Okay, lock it in PPR. Giants wide receivers. So is Sterling Shepard total must start if he's healthy? Yes. Yes. If he's not healthy, how much would you trust Darius Slayton? Not much. Not much. Aren't you going to ask Shepard or Lockett since we're sure. comparing everybody to Tyler Lockett? <laughs> Shepard or Shepherd. Lockett, Shepard or Metcalf? Uh, Shepard over both for me. I've got Shepard close enough to Metcalf where I wouldn't hate you if you did it. Okay, so definitely overlock it then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the the good wide receivers have done pretty well against Carolina. They uh, what are they? They're eleventh against wide receivers. You got to wonder if um, Gilmore plays. Oh yeah, that's right. He he He's is. He's been practicing. He is uh, potentially going to play in this game. Would that make a big difference to you on Sterling Shepard? Not for Shepard so much. Uh, I don't think Gilmore will go inside with him. But, you know, if you are desperate well, they, for They play, play outdoors, Jamie. Huh? They play outdoors. Uh, they do. 
They do. I don't think he'll go in the slot with him, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Evan Ingram is... No, stick him on Dante Pettis and Colin Johnson. Uh, right, right. Evan Ingram... Yeah, it, I just to ask, is Dante Pettis a sleeper? No, I don't know. Is Shepard's out? The new maybe? Dante Pettis or the old Dante Pettis? I forgot. Wait, who is the, the new Dante Pettis? Brandon Ayuk is the Oh, new that's right. That's right. I'm not, no, I'm not talking about Dante Pettis anymore. Uh, Evan Ingram is in the top 17. He has a pulse. It's tight. Does he? He's hurt. Oh, that's right. He didn't practice. That's right. He's probably yeah, not- downgrade on a, in the midweek stuff is not good. This is going to, I think you're high, too high on Daniel Jones <laughs> at 18. But yeah, who's behind him? Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Geno Smith. Ugh, maybe not. Carolina's DST is, is a start. Start him up. Detroit is at the Rams. I gave this stat of the game earlier, but the, the Lions have seen the fewest pass attempts in the NFL. So you're saying, oh, well, what if they just blow him out? What does that mean for Stafford? Well, he scored 30 points in a blowout win against the Bears. 33 points on 28 pass attempts and a blowout win against the Giants. He'll be fine. Um, yeah, all right. So DeAndre Swift, you can't get away from him. He'll he'll be swifting this week. That's scoring all his points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it's called swifting now. What else in this game? Want to spend a little more time on Robert Woods? Oh, Daryl Henderson, by the way, total stud, right? Yes. Yeah. There was some cool footage of uh, Cam Akers at practice. He was doing the ladder drill. He looked actually pretty quick. So hopefully he's not he's obviously not going to play this year, but the rehab's going well. Yeah, that's great. Good. All right, there are some interesting players in this game. There's Hawkinson. There's Michelle. There's Robert Woods. You love Sonny Michelle this week. No. <laughs> no, but you could see the path to, a, uh, to some garbage time production. Sonny Michelle or A.J. Dillon? Dillon. Michelle. Sony Michelle or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds. Yeah, probably Edmonds is safer. All right. Hawkinson, most people are going to start him. Dave, I think you said you'd start. Who'd you start? Goddard over him? I would start Dallas Goddard over him. I would have started Fant over him. Uh, I'm I'm worried that that's the guy that the Rams are going to try and take away on obvious passing downs. Okay. Just... Kind of obvious, right? He's their best tight end slash pass catcher. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't, but they they don't shadow. But that doesn't mean they can't, you know, double double team. I'm sure they will a little bit. Right. Uh, Robert Woods. Okay, so let's talk Robert Woods versus Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Robert Woods versus Devontae Booker. Uh, or Woods. Woods. Robert Woods or Geno Smith Superflex PPR. Oh, good question. <laughs> uh, Woods. I'll take Geno. My they're my absolute favorite questions. They happen so infrequently, but when we get the super Superflex wide receiver versus quarterback or whatever versus quarterback, they're I just my favorite. fear Geno getting pulled. For who's their backup? Jake Luton. I don't think he's getting pulled. How about Eli Mitchell or Robert Woods? Uh, Mitchell for me. Woods for me. Okay. And uh, Tyler Higby. Dave, you said you have him and Hawkinson ranked very closely. He's top 12 for everyone. He does have the... This is cool for Higby, by the way. Sixth most red zone targets, fourth most green zone inside the 10 targets in the NFL. So, And the, he almost scored last week, maybe twice, as I recall. Yeah, I said it earlier. He had three targets inside the 12. 
two of the catches were like he was on the ground right by the end okay. zone. So it was twice. Yeah. Very so, close. It's, it's like they were trying to get him in. You definitely want people in this game for what Stafford could do. Yeah. I got Hawkinson one spot ahead of Higby. Both top 10 tight ends. Seals Jones behind them. Rams DST is number one. Anything else? We good here? Well, Munro St. Brown deserves a mention. He has 23 targets in his last three games. He's been running a little bit deeper routes, too. He's not just doing the short stuff anymore. And when Goff has time to throw, he's looking for him on those longer routes. And when Goff doesn't have time to throw, which is what I think is going to happen this week, he'll get a bunch of dink and dunk passes. So in full PPR, I think he should be considered a, a flex. Uh, and I forgot Jamal Williams. I mean, we did this in the startometer, so. Uh, but uh, Jamal Williams or Sony Michelle? Sony. Uh, Sony non PPR Michelle uh, Williams PPR. <sighs> Jamal Williams, he has like 16 catches this year or something, and eight of them came in Week One. What is the exact stat? Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Wild. Fooled you. Let's go to the Washington Football Team at the Green Bay Packers. Taylor Heineke is basically 19th or 20th. He has struggled in his last two games. Packers have allowed multiple touchdown passes in four of six games. Um, they really haven't faced tough offenses yet. I don't know that this is one. Okay, Gibson versus McKissick. Dave, if Gibson plays, how much confidence do you have in in him? Uh, enough to call him a number two fantasy running back. And if he plays, nothing, is he nothing the, special? I think he's going to need a couple of long runs and a touchdown to come through. Is he the best running back? For the for Washington, if he plays, he'll be ranked the highest, but McKissick will be close behind him. Totally expecting a blowout here, where Washington's playing from behind. I would rank McKissick over Gibson in PPR this week because of the injury or the game script or what? Both. I mean, you know, you just have to fear him leaving the game. All right. So, so McKissick had eight carries and eight catches last week. I just want to point out. They lost by 22 at Buffalo, and he had five touches, two catches. They lost by 11 against New Orleans, and he had three touches, one catch. And they trailed by 11 with 12 minutes and 12 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. You would think he'd have more than one catch in a game like that. So, again, this is not me disagreeing, but I do need to bring it up because these pass-catching running backs can be very unreliable on a week-to-week basis, and it's not like last week was the first good game script. Almost every week has been a good game script game script from McKissick and he's turned in three good games with five or more catches and he's turned in three terrible games with two with zero to two catches. I don't know if there's a, a correlation also, but Heineke didn't run last week and McKissick's passes uh, receptions were up. Yeah. I don't you know. You also I, have I now to out. This, this was, give me the games you said again. The bad ones? Yeah. Uh lost by four in week one and had one touch against the Chargers. Okay, so Samuel didn't play in that game. Lost by 22 at Buffalo, had two catches. Samuel, I don't think, played in that game. Lost by 11 against New Orleans, had one catch. I think Samuel did play in that game. Yeah, I don't know. Is he really? Well, I mean, you're just taking a pass catcher off the field, but last week they were down. Samuel barely. No Logan Thomas, no Curtis Samuel. Diami Brown got hurt in that game. I'm going to guess Ricky Seals-Jones probably got hurt in the game because where else did he get injured? So, you know, how many guys were they down that McKissick needed to be more involved in the passing game? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just because of the week or because of, last, of what he did last week and everybody's expecting them to get blown out. Um, I, I, you know, 
I just think that it's a little unpredictable with JD McKissick, but I, I Oh, of course. Yeah. But at least, you know, if you're if you're just looking at it, three of his last five, he's been 16 or more PPR points. So, you know, if, if you're just going based on track record, now every other game, so the roller coaster could continue. Uh, but just Gibson banged up, chasing points most likely. Um it's hard it's hard to say that there's not a reason to buy into it. Okay. There's one other thing. Green Bay plays a ton of zone coverage defense. They've done it consistently all year. That usually helps quarterbacks check down more often, especially guys who know that they've been so inconsistent, like Heineke. He'll take the safer route. He'll check it down to McKissick when they're down. And uh, I think there's a good chance for McKissick to get five-plus catches. Okay. Uh, start Terry McLaurin, right? Yep. Fire him up. And then Ricky Seals-Jones or Tyler Higby? I've got Higby a notch ahead of Seals-Jones. Same. Ricky Seals-Jones or O.J. Howard? RSJ. Baby Seals. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, top six. Dave has him second. He's been very, very solid this year after week one. And Aaron Jones is the man. And A.J. Dillon, is he a top 30 running back this week? Borderline. Okay. Unfortunately, the catch has disappeared last week. He had four in week five and none last week. All right. Washington does have a good run defense, but Packers will, will probably be able to run on them. Would you start any Packers wide receiver other than De- Devontae Adams? No. I'm forced to start Lazard in the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. How are we doing in the fishbowl? Davey still top 100? I'm top 200. <laughs> lost last week. That Jamie, sucked. how you doing? Uh, t- I mean, my team lost uh, Akers and Dobbins before the season started. Oh. So it's been an uphill battle ever since, but three and three. Okay. Uh, sit Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon has 10 or fewer yards in five of six games. That is incredible. He's due. <laughs> 11 yards this week. Green Bay's DSD is a start. Houston at Arizona, our last game. This might be my favorite stat of the game, of all the games. James Conner. There have been four games that the Cardinals have won by double digits. In those four games, he has 16, 11, 18, and 16 carries. And the, the game that he had 11 carries, if y'all remember the uh, Jacksonville game, they did win by 12. But it was a pretty close game, actually. It was a seven-point game midway through the fourth quarter, and then he scored a touchdown to make it a two-score game. But that is 16 or more carries for James Conner in three of four games that the Cardinals have won by double digits. Combine that with the Edmonds situation where he has 10 carries in his last two games. Combine that with what Jamie said, 18.5-point favorites here. Combine that with the fact that the Texans give up like 5.5 yards per carry to running backs. Not quite that high, but it's over five. Oh, my gosh. Why isn't he the start of the week, Jamie? Uh, he was in consideration. He's my favorite running back in this game, you know, more so than Edmonds. It's uh, even in PPR, you know. So I, I just think you look at what the upside is for for Connor. Um, it's just a lot to like, you know. So for for people that are struggling with with bye weeks and and injuries, not that he was available on the waiver wire, but this would have been a good guy to trade for cheap, and maybe you still can because he's probably in a lot of people's benches. We talked about that during our live show. We mentioned that Connor could be that guy. Unfortunately, he's averaging 3.2 yards per 3.4 yards per carry and doesn't have a carry longer than 16 yards this year. So when you're the well, goal line, not, 
he's not playing great from the standpoint of this is this is a wow factor guy, but this is an opportunity guy. You know, so like you said, injury, game script, yeah. opponent, scenario, you know, the, they should be sitting on a, a significant lead in the fourth quarter, and hopefully he gets those those chances like we've seen. And I think for his yards per carry, you'd have to really do a breakdown of it, but he gets a lot of carries in a spot where you can't break off a long run, right? I mean, can't do that at the six-yard line, so it might be deceiving a little bit. All right, yep. so he so he's a start, and Chase Edmonds, would you start Chase Edmonds? I may have asked you this, I'm sorry, or... Let's say Devontae Booker, Eli Mitchell, those running backs. Those guys. I've got Edmonds behind Booker, behind Khalil Herbert, behind Alex Collins, ahead of Eli Mitchell, ahead of Sony Michelle, ahead of Devontae Freeman. The only one I would start over there is, is Collins and PPR, but non-PPR I start Collins. Yeah, it's really tough to like like a guy like Eli Mitchell who might not have a catch versus Edmonds, who will have at least three, maybe five or six. Hope he gets back into the swing of things. So you guys would go. Now you're adding another mouth for feet in the passing game too. So, yeah, yes, that's really important to talk about is the the impact that Ertz is going to have. Theoretically, he's there to take the middle of the field and help stretch defenses that way instead of just them playing over by the perimeter. Uh, I think that that could lead to some target drain for Edmonds. Edmonds has two games this year with five plus catches. My guess is that it stays at two games this year with five plus catches. He'll have four or fewer on Sunday. How did Edmonds do, Adam, if you have it in front of you, in the games where Max Williams went crazy? I've got it. If he yeah, doesn't, go ahead. I'll give you another right. stat. So Max you- Williams, week two against Minnesota, had seven catches. Week four against LA, had five catches. Against the Vikings, he had five catches. Edmonds had five catches for 29 yards. And against what was the other team? LA, I said. Yeah. LA for. For uh, him, four catches, 19 yards. So a terrible receiving average in those games. One with four grabs, one with five grabs. Mm, disappointing. Uh, also, teams don't throw on the Texans because they don't have to. They've seen, uh, I think, the fourth fewest pass attempts. Yeah, fourth fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL. So it's all working against Chase Evans. Now he's going to have a huge game. And it's also working against the passing game in general, not Kyler Murray. You start Kyler Murray and you start DeAndre Hopkins. But um, This is the ultimate revenge game. Yeah, J-A-Y. that dude did not want to be a part of the Houston Texans. Guarantee you, he's had this game circled for two years. <laughs> and uh, okay, and Zach Ertz is uh, top twelve for you guys. We actually debated him yesterday in the rankings disputes. Heath has him closer to twenty. But look, there's there's got to be some concern with Ertz, right? His first week yes. with the team, and the, and we just talked about all the target distribution and low pass volume. But I guess how can you justify anyone behind him? Is OJ Howard behind Zach Ertz? He is for yeah. me. Um, I, I just think, you know, th- this is feature new toy and matchup that's, that's favorable at home. So I don't think he's going to have, you know, a, a, an eight for 80 in a touchdown type of game, but I think he can get you what he get you last week, you know, four for 30 in a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Texans give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. Right. They've given up four touchdowns to the position in the last three weeks. Brandon Cooks is a must start, right? Yes. Got to. Cool. And that's it. Yeah, game. I want to correct something I said earlier when we talked about the Bucks. I mentioned Scott Miller. I didn't realize he was on IR, so I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Johnson is that guy yep. who could step up. <laughs> Should probably drop Scotty Miller then. I'm going to do that. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Good luck this week. Come join us on HQ. We're live at noon Eastern and then Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern. And Sunday, also live stream here on YouTube, 
youtube.com slash fantasy football today at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, just answering questions for an hour and a half. I'll also have a nice review for you of Halloween Kills because we are an old married couple. We watched half of it last week and we'll watch half of it this weekend because we can't stay up that late anymore. So for Dave and Jamie and uh, Robin and all the superheroes out there that we love, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you. Uh, well, oh, we get the mailbag. We'll talk to you in the mailbag. See you later. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing.